What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. On today's show, I have an amazing opportunity to tell one of our members' stories. Recently, I got the opportunity to fly down to Pensacola, Florida and sit down with a good friend of mine and long-term seven-figure flipping member, Jansen McLendon, about his background, his upbringing, uh, his journey into real estate, his family, um, everything that's going on right now with his son, Jace, and all, all the ups and downs of his investing career. And um, we made this video, we made a short video for Flip Hacking Live, um, and we made this video for him. And I want to put it out there so you guys can see um, what's possible in real estate, even with um, a challenging upbringing, a challenging background, and all kinds of problems that you face. And, and really what it is to persevere through all this and have a positive attitude. It can change everything for you. So I hope, um, I want to use this platform to share Jansen's story. It's really amazing. Hopefully have a massive call for prayers for his family and his son. So if you guys would do that for me, it'd be incredible. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show. And if it if, if it means something to you, if you guys uh, get something from it, share it, uh, share it on social media, tell other people about it, let them know about Jansen's story. And, um, and th this, like, it's a story of, of perseverance. It's a story of, uh, of hope. And I'm really excited about putting this out on the show today. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, let me know, share it as much as you can with some other folks that might need to hear this and might need to keep pushing if they're going through something hard. And I know that this family is and their prayers, your prayers for them would mean a lot to them. So um, here's the show. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. So Jansen McClendon uh, grew up in Gulf Breeze, Florida, here in the Panhandle. I've uh, been here most of my life. Um, what am I supposed to be looking at, you? Or, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, been here most of my life. Um, small town, you know, grew up here. Had, had a little bit of a rough upbringing, you know, we've talked a little bit about this before. Um, it's a nice place, you know, to live, but like when we were growing up, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was rough where, how we lived. Uh, from, from kindergarten to the time I graduated high school, we bounced around, we lived in like 13 different places. Uh, we'd move like, you know, sometimes every few months, uh, sometimes every like year or two. Uh, we, you know, we crashed with cousins, aunts, uncles, slept on floors, couches, you know, doubled up in beds, you know, kind of wherever. Uh, we had our own house sometimes and, you know, but it was like a whole bunch of just ups and downs. Um, dad was a, a Vietnam vet, PTSD, uh, pretty, handled that stuff pretty, pretty rough, I guess, you know, like just didn't, um, didn't handle all that stuff well, I guess. And so he was, uh alcoholic addict uh you know violent and it, it was just a mess man like so we lived in houses at times with like didn't have power didn't have water uh i remember getting off the bus one day we pulled up and, and the kids like hey i didn't know you guys were moving and i was like i didn't know we were moving either and i look up and there's a moving truck outside and it's like hey you know get your stuff we got to be out of here 
in a couple hours, you know? It's like, oh, okay, well, where are we going? We don't know yet. So like we put everything in storage. There was times where we lost everything, like, like almost everything, you know? And uh, so it was just wild, man, just growing up. And so I didn't have any like vision for the future because it was just like, how do I survive today? You know, and so I didn't really, uh, didn't have a lot of hope. Dang it. Uh, yeah, so early on, dude, just didn't have any hope, didn't have any vision of, uh, of possibilities, you know, of, of a future. And um, it took me a while. It took me a while to get to that place where I could like see, see outside of it. Because everything I saw around me is just like chaos, wreckage. And I just didn't know. I just didn't know if I could, could get out of that. Um, but I wanted to. And so I got, uh, I got an opportunity one time. I sat down with my guidance counselor and she said, hey, look, you know, uh, you just failed four out of seven classes for your junior year. And like, you're not gonna graduate high school. Like, what are you gonna do? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, are you gonna go to college? I'm like, I never thought about college. And uh, I'm like, we can't afford that anyway, you know? And she's like, this is crazy, but if you could take night school, summer school, and retake some classes next year, if you got straight A's, you could actually get this scholarship. I was like, me? Like, dang it. Uh, sorry. I cry all the time. It's totally fine. Like, Especially when I talk about my family, yeah. my life, all the stuff, like totally. Well, I just started thinking about this, like being something, you know, that I'll have. I was just trying to do this for you guys, but like, you know, something for my kids. Yeah. So give me a sec. Sorry. For sure. Oh, man. So anyway, um, man, so I got this idea that like, hey, maybe, maybe I could be something. Maybe I could do something so so i did i uh i took all these classes and in, in in night school and summer school and uh and i got all a's somehow and i got this scholarship somehow and, uh so i was like man this is it dude this is this is my ticket this is my ride out of here and so i i uh i got plugged in at, and uh at usf in tampa uh it's the only college i applied to and they accepted me and and, and so i got in there and I was like, cool, man, I'm out of here. All, I just wanted to get out of here and just get away. I was like, if I could just get away, that'll fix everything, you know? But it was kind of that like, you know, wherever you go, there you are kind of thing. And I got down there and I realized, man, I had a ton of bad habits. I had a ton of issues I was dealing with myself. And it wasn't just, um, it wasn't just everybody else. It was the problem, you know? So after a year, uh, they decided I was not USF material anymore. <laughs> and so they sent me packing, lost my scholarship, um, you know, just kind of, just kind of blew it. And, uh, anyway, so ended up back, back home, back here, trying to figure things out, working in restaurants, trying to go to school. Cause that's what I thought you're supposed to do. And, uh, you know, just kind of all in the middle of the, in the middle of that. And my, my dad had just, you know, gotten worse and worse off. And, um, you know, he had been in and out of jail and, and all kinds of stuff. And then, and then one day I got a phone call that, uh, well, I'll, 
I'll back that up a little bit. It was um, Super Bowl, I'll never forget it, 2004, uh, Patriots and the, and the Panthers. And um, he had asked me if I wanted to, uh, wanted to watch the game with him. And I was just kind of like, yeah, sure, man. You know, like just kind of blew him off. And then, um, and then he hits me up like that day. Hey, you still coming over to watch the game? Well, at this point we got people coming over to the house and stuff. And I was like, dad, maybe, uh, maybe at halftime, I'll, I'll call you at halftime and just kind of blowing him off still. And so he, he messaged me at halftime. Hey, you still coming over? And I never responded. And, uh, Next day, I got a phone call that uh, he had put a gun to his head and killed himself. And so I never, uh, never talked to him again. And uh, I, uh, I spiraled at that point. Um, you know, I wasn't doing good, but it got, it got a lot worse. Um, so from, from 17 to 21, I got arrested five times. Um, nothing major, but I was just in and out of jail for stupid stuff, um, just drinking, doing drugs, really, really just at rock bottom, man. And uh, I was probably like my lowest of lows at, in that period. And um, but uh, God had a plan. So when I was 16, just by accident, um, going through some old family photos, I came across this picture and I was like, who's this guy? There's is a baby picture. I'm like, who is this guy? It looks just like my dad, but I could tell it's like not from the fifties. And so my mom's like, you don't know who that is. And I was like, no, who's, who is this? She's like, that's your brother. And I was like, brother, who, what brother? <laughs> it's not my brother. She's like, you've got a brother and sister in Texas. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so, uh, that's how I found out by accident that I have another brother and sister that live in Texas, older. And, um, you know, we talked about it, but then it, it just never came up again. It was like, that was on Christmas Eve. And then it was like the day after Christmas. I remember our power got turned off and we went, and we went like three months with no electricity. And I was like, it was just bad, man. And so I just kind of like buried that and it never came up again. And then at my dad's funeral, I'm 19 years old. At my dad's funeral, I walk in and there, my brother and sister, dang it. I walk in, my brother and sister are in the front row. And so that's where I met my brother and sister for, for the first time, is, is in the front row of, uh, of my dad's funeral. And um, so I didn't know it at the time, man, but that was just like this pivotal moment. Um, I'm going to get it together here in a minute, guys. Uh, so, yeah, so I meet my brother and sister, and I, you know, I, I didn't really get to know them then, but, like, over the next year or two, I got to know them, and, like, all of a sudden, like, I have this hope. I'm like, man, thanks, Steve. Appreciate it. Uh, so I have this hope. All of a sudden, I have this hope because I get to know them, and I'm, I'm like, Man, you guys are normal. You see, you, you guys are married and you have kids and you have like regular jobs and you're like, seem to be doing pretty good. Like, and you're related to me. And so this is a first, you know, because everybody that's related to me is like, just not doing good, you know? And so like, I had this hope. I'm like, maybe, dude, maybe I could just get outside of these circumstances. You know, maybe I could change these circumstances and, and I could change my life. And, 
And so I just started having this hope that maybe I could, I could be something, you know? It's, it's kind of like that spark. I had a little bit of that spark my senior year of high school, and then, but I didn't know what it was gonna take, you know? I didn't really know what it was gonna take to, to change. I didn't know what it was gonna take to turn that around. And so I got this glimpse again, but this time I started to realize like what it was gonna take. Like it's gonna take not my circumstances changing, but like me changing. I needed to change. And so I started, you know, over time, it took me a while, but over time I started working on myself. I started working on, you know, what I could do, what I could control. And uh, I remember I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the probation office one time and, uh, and I'm looking around at everybody and I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't belong here. I'm, I'm not like these people. You know, and this was the fifth time I'd gotten arrested, and this time it was, it was a little more serious. It was, it was a felony I was being charged with this time, not a convicted felon. I was able to, you know, work that out, but it was, it was more serious this time. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, I'm not like these people. And then it's like this voice is like, then why are you here? You know, and I'm like, then it hit me. It's like, I'm here because of my choices. I'm here you know, because of what I've done, not because of what somebody else did, you know, it's, it's choices that I've made. And so it just, it just hit me hard. And I realized I'm like, I've got to start owning some stuff. I've got to start stepping up, man. Like this is not, this is not everybody else's fault. Nobody's coming to save me. Like I've got to fix this. I got to do this myself. And so I started making some changes and I, I think I may have told you this story before. This is silly, but like, I remember like uh, I'm watching watching like daytime television one day. I don't know why this is like this impactful thing, but I'm watching Judge Mathis and he's talking about how, you know, growing up, he was like on the streets of uh, Detroit and he's like in this gang and um, and he had had a really rough upbringing. And what he realized was like he used to think like he he ended up getting to like law school and, and nobody's like him, you know. It's, it's like well-to-do, they got good parents, good homes, all this stuff. And, and he's, he's thinking like everything that he's been through, his whole past is like this weakness. But he realizes one day that it's a strength. Like he's like, nobody here has been through what I've been through. Nobody here, you know, knows what it's like to go through what I've, what I've been through. And he's like, I, I changed that weakness to a strength and I started leveraging that. And that hit me, man. I don't know, I don't know why. That, that one thing just stuck with me. I'm like, you know, so, uh, so it was like this paradigm shift. It's like, okay, so, so this stuff in my past, it's not, it's not what makes me weak. It's what makes me strong. And I can actually take this and leverage this into something. I started realizing, you know, that like, you know, maybe that stuff has a purpose. You know, maybe there's a plan for that. And I can... I can use it. I'm just not using it. And so, so I started using those things. I, 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 started, uh, I started using my past to, to push me forward, to kind of propel me forward. And, um, and, and you know, it took time. It took time. So, so I decided, um, you know, at 23, I decided, man, I, I don't, this college thing is not for me. You know, after uh, five years and getting a two-year degree, it's probably not my cup of tea. And, uh, and I don't really like necessarily working for other people. I want to do my own thing. So uh, I was like, yeah, I bet I could start my own business. I was working for this guy making eleven fifty an hour and uh, cutting grass. And I was like, dude, I bet I could do this on my own. 
You know, I've got a truck. What if I bought a lawnmower? What if I bought a trailer? I could do this on my own. And so I found a way to do that. I hustled up some money. I maxed out a credit card. I borrowed some money. And, uh, and I bought a lawnmower and a trailer, and I, and I started a lawn business. And my goal at the time was to make more than $11.50 an hour. That was literally my goal. I'm like, if I could just make more than $11.50 an hour and have my own business, like I'm winning, you know? And so, so I did that, and, and I, started, I started working, just, just going knocking on doors and hanging door hangers, like who needs their grass cut? I'll do it for 25 bucks. And then, and then I was like, okay, I gotta raise my prices a little bit, you know? And so I was just, just hustling, dude, every day. I'm just knocking doors and just cutting grass solo. And uh, and I just remember thinking like, I got this shot. And I was like, I'm making the most of this shot. And so, so that's what I did. And uh, so I was like, dude, I'm, I'm making the most of this shot. So I just, uh, I just kept hustling, just kept grinding. It was hard. You know, I was just learning hard lessons, man. School of hard knocks. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no, no real mentors at that time. I was just, you know, just bootstrapping it. And, um, you know, it took me, took me a while, but I started, uh, started gaining some traction. You know, after a year or two, I had, um, had some, you know, some regular clients ended up, you know, uh, hired my brother to come help me part time. And I started, started building it up. And then, you know, after three, four years, I started the business, um, started the business 2008. And then by like 2012, I had a couple guys working for me, you know, we had, you know, a nice rig and, and, uh, you know, I was making decent money, you know, I was making more than 1150 an hour and, uh, and I was feeling good about it. But then, then I started thinking for the first time, like, what's next? You know, what's, what's next? And, and I didn't know what was next. And as I, as I'm looking around, you know, I'm seeing all the guys who are, you know, on, in these lawn trucks and running these lawn crews and like the older you get, man, the harder it gets. And so I just started thinking, I'm like, man, what, uh, what, where does this go from here? I didn't really know, but I'd read this book. I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's that the only book I read like post high school. And, uh, and, and it blew my mind, but I, I still, I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I'm like, man, this is, this is interesting, but like, what, what do I do with this? So like at this time, I'm just kind of, I'm still kind of just thinking like, man, where, what next, where am I going from here? I still just didn't know. And, um, and at the same time, we started making some some changes in, in, in our life. I started realizing, like, man, something something's happening here because, like, you know, there's there's things happening that I just couldn't explain. It's like, yeah, I was making better choices. Yeah, I was I was starting to live right and live better. But like, I just kept getting blessed with these things that like I just could not explain. And and I, and, and I'm just seeing things line up in my life, and 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 I'm seeing how I'm I'm able to just connect the dots of my past to like where I'm at now. And I'm like, dude, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but it just, it seems like there's like something else out there. There's somebody else out there looking out for me, you know? And uh, I remember I came home one day and I was like, told Melissa, I was like, we should go to church. And she's like, what? She's like, I never thought I heard you, 
you know, I'd hear you say that in my life. And I was like, I was like, I know it sounds crazy, but like, we should go to church one day. And she's like, okay, let's do it. And so we started going to church and like, dude, just everything started changing for me then. Like I'd, I'd gone through this growth, but it wasn't like, it wasn't explosive. It, it was, it was steady, you know, but it wasn't explosive. And that, that's when I entered this period of like what I would call like explosive growth. We started going to church and I started just like learning and realizing so many things about my life and, and just so many things about God and just, you know, just realizing, man, that like, you know, I, I never, I never thought he was there. I never, I never believed in God, you know, and I, I never, I never saw any of that before. And then, but looking back, I'm like, wow, dude, he was there the whole time. Like he was lining stuff up the whole time that I had no idea, you know? And so, uh, so finally I started seeing that my eyes were open to that. And, um, and now I was like, I got, I got more hope in the future. Like, man, you know, I could, I could really do something, you know, I could really do something with my life. And now at this point I've got kids, you know, and I'm realizing, dude, this isn't all about me. You know, that's one of the best revelations I had was like, this is not all about me. I, I can really do something with my life. That's going to impact my kids life, you know, my family, people around me. And, uh, And so I started thinking different, like, man, this isn't all about me. It's, it's, it's a, it's bigger than me. And, um, I got turned on to, uh, audible books. That was the next thing that happened. Like, you know, you're on the lawnmower all day, you're weed eating stuff all day. And I'm just listening to music all day, every day. And somebody's like, man, you should, you ever heard of audible.com? And I was like, no, what's that? They're like, it's audio books. I'm like, man, that sounds terrible. You know, it sounds boring, you know, but they're like, you should check it out. You know, there's a lot of different books you can read on there instead of listening to music. And I was like, it, it was my brother, actually my brother from Texas that I'd met. And, uh, and I was like, okay, I'll, I'll check that out. So, uh, I was always like a slow reader, like pa I still am paper books and stuff I struggle with. And I was like, this is interesting. So I bought a book and I listened to it and I was like, man, that's pretty cool. Like I learned a lot from it. I'm just out, I'm just at work, just listening to this book. And so I bought another one. And then, and next thing you know, like, uh, I've got like a, an expensive book habit and, and I start just buying these books. I got this membership, the membership's not enough. So like I'm running through my, my credits and then I'm buying more books. And so then I start finding out about like all these business books. I bought, I bought the E-Myth and then I bought, I bought Rich Dad, Poor Dad again. I listened to that. Um, I bought, I started buying leadership books and business books, just all these different things. It really just started expanding my mind and just blowing my mind. And I'm like, man, this is crazy. I never knew this stuff even existed, you know? And it's just been like right here the whole time. I could have accessed it. It's right there the whole time. And, uh, and now all of a sudden, boom, here it is. So I just, I, I was like, at, at one point I was listening to like a book a day and cause you're, you know, you're on the lawnmower, it's mindless work, you know, just cutting grass and you're, you're on the lawnmower or we didn't went for like eight hours a day. And I mean, that's like a whole audio book. So I start cranking through these books and eventually like it got too expensive. So I go back, I start re-listening the old books, you know, 
And dude, that was a game changer for me. I went like in, in a year, you know, I read like 60, 70 books and a year and a half or something. And my mind just started expanding and just, I started thinking big for, for like the first time in a long time, started thinking like really big. I'm like, dude, I could really, I could really do something, but what's it gonna be? You know, and as I looked at my landscape business, I looked at my lawn business, I was like, this, this isn't it. Like, I, this isn't where I want to be, you know? And so, um, growing up, my dad was in construction and my, my brother and I, we were always kind of like slave labor for him growing up, you know? So I was like in and around construction a lot. And then my mom had bought a foreclosure one time and, and I was living with her when I was like on probation and all this. And I, I helped her fix it all up. I, I wanted to learn the stuff. So like she had, uh, she would hire people to come do work. Like she hired a flooring guy and I was like, dude, I'll, I'll help you for free. Just teach me how to lay floors. And a tile guy I was like, dude, I'll, I'll help you teach me how to lay tile and, and, and um, you know, cabinets, countertops. I just, I was just like a sponge for all this stuff. I'm like, just teach me. I just want to learn this stuff. And so I learned it all, but then I didn't know what to do with it. And so then I started thinking, I'm like, man, what if, what if I could flip a house? You know, maybe like in the off season of landscaping, maybe I could flip a house. That'd be cool. You know, so, so I start, I start planning that. I start thinking about that. I start telling people about it. I'm like, I'm going to start flipping houses. I'm, I'm going to flip my own house first and I'm, I'm going to sell it and do, I'll, sh I'll show it to you guys. It's actually right down the street. And I was like, I'm going to flip this house. I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to take that money. And then I'm going to, I'm going to start flipping houses and we could do one a year. Dude, maybe we could grow and do two a year, you know, who knows? And so I start telling people about this and there's this, this guy I knew, I start telling him, I'm like, dude, I'm going to start flipping houses. And, um, he was always like, uh, kind of rooting for me, this guy. And he saw me growing up my lawn business and he saw me hustling, you know, like hanging door hangers and putting up yard signs and just, just always just hustling and grinding. And so when I started telling him about this, it, it, it piqued his curiosity. And, and one day he's like, man, Hey, let's, let's talk. I want to, I want to talk about you know, this house flipping thing. And I was like, okay. So we sit down uh, one day at this McDonald's up the street and we sit down and he's like, how would you feel if, uh, if I said I had some money I could loan you to flip houses? And I was like, well, that'd be cool. You know, like what kind of money are we talking about? And he's like, I've got about 400,000 I could loan you. And I'm like, dude, sign me up. You know, like you'll loan me $400,000. I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. And so like, you know, on a little McDonald's napkin, we, uh, we wrote up a little business plan of how we were going to do this. And we decided we're going to start flipping some houses. He was going to fund them. I was going to flip them. And so 2016, we, we started this business and, uh, we, So we bought our first house on a foreclosure auction and, uh, you know, learned a ton. You know, uh, I did almost all the work myself. Um, we learned a lot about uh, how uh, HOAs work and HOA liens, uh, Holly by the Sea. Um, we I really like, well, I guess the first thing I should say is, 
first thing I, I did, I just started, I just started studying and watching. I'm like, who's doing this at a high level? I just, I just want to watch them. So I'm like, I'm looking on these, on these auctions and, and I found the companies that are buying on the auctions. And you know, a lot of these guys, it was like beta golf holdings and Florida investors capital. And I'm like, I just started studying them and pretty much just stalking these guys. Like I'd see everything they were buying, what they bought it for, what they sold it for. I drove by their houses, talked to their contractors. I looked at what all they did to the houses. And I just started just like watching, watching, watching. And then, uh, and in the meantime, I'm still, man, we're, we're still a little scared, you know? And, but we finally pulled the trigger on, on this house. We, we buy one on the auction and, um, you know, we ended up, uh, we remodeled the whole thing. And, um, in the end, we, we ended up getting stuck with like a $6,000 HOA lien that we had to pay off that we didn't know about, but we bought it, we fixed it, flipped it, we sold it. And I made $16,000 and I was like, this is it, dude. This is the biggest paycheck I've ever gotten in my life. Like, this is it. Let's do it again. And so, uh, so we bought another house. So that first year we, we bought two houses. I was like, man, this is cool. I wonder, I wonder if we could do six houses next, you know? And so, so the next year, that's, that's what we ended up doing. Next year we did six houses. And I'm like, man, I wonder if we could do like a dozen, you know? And so, and we just started like building it up and, and, um, and over time I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm cutting grass during the day still. I'm running that business during the day and I'm working on houses at night and I'm just juggling that stuff and trying to figure out like, you know, and I got a family and we're just trying to, trying to figure all that stuff out. And, um, you know, over time I saw, I was like, this real estate's my path. Like, like this is my shot to really, you know, get to that next level. Like this is, this is my vehicle that I can, that I can use, you know, to really make an impact in the world, in my world, in my family, you know? And I was like, I, I want to just go all in on this. So, so we ended up selling our landscape business and just going all in in real estate, but it started just getting like harder and harder to find deals, you know, around like 2017, 20, 2018. Um, it, it just got, you know, more and more difficult to find good deals. And so I was trying to figure out how do we, how do we find more deals? And so that's how I found out about you guys. And, uh, and, and somebody had like sent me a link for, for, for flip hacking live. And I, I had a goal for 2018 to go to a real estate conference. And that was, that was it. it was just go to a real estate conference. And so it's like halfway through the year, I haven't gone to one yet. And I find out about flip hacking live and I'm like, Dude, maybe we could do that. So, so I talked to Melissa. I was like, Hey, would you want to fly out there with me? And, uh, she's like, yeah, let's do it. And, and so I had been to another real estate conference before, and it was just like these guys just like selling hard, you know, um, it was just like, a just high pressure sales. You could just tell it wasn't really about like the person. It was just about them, you know, selling that membership and getting that money. And I just figured it was going to be like that, you know, but I've, I was hoping like we could learn some things and then, and then just go from there. And so we came out and I just remember the first day, uh, just getting my mind blown, you know, mind blown, dude. And, um, I'll never forget like when, when Andy McFarland spoke, that's, that was the one that like really got me. Like I get there, I'm like, dude, this is like, this is the real deal. Like these, these people here, like these are good people. And, and I remember Andy talking about, um, he's like, uh, 
he said, he's, I'll never forget this line he used. He said, we use, and, and he's, he's teaching sales. He goes, we use an old school tactic. It's called actually caring about people. And I was like, dude, I love that. You know, because like we actually care about people, you know, and, and you come across so many people that don't, you know, and I was just like, man, I just, I want to be in this. I, I found out you guys have a group, you know, it's, I just thought it was a seminar, you know, and I find out it's this group and I was just like, dude, I want to be a part of this group. How do I get to be a part of this group? You know, and so that's when I started, like I'd seen you in the gym like the day before. And uh, and I was like, man, he's the guy I need to talk to. So I was like, I'm getting up and going to the gym again in the morning, you know. So like I get up and I'm in there like talking to you and getting to know you. And I was just like, man, I, I don't know if they'll let me in, you know, but like maybe they will, you know. And so, so we were talking to, talking to Bill and I was like, I was like, hey, man, I'm in. You know, I'm in your market, so like, what does that look like? I, I want to be in the group, but what does that look like? And I remember, you know, you're just honest with me. You're just like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't know what that looks like. And I was like, yeah, I was, you know, I was thinking that might be a little bit of an issue. You know, it's like a conflict of interest kind of thing. And um, anyway, so we started talking about that and, and just kind of bouncing back and forth. And I was like, well, I want, I want in. And I remember you're like, okay, well, you know. I'm gonna have to talk with some people. I'm gonna have to think about it. I'm like, that's understandable. I get it. And you know, then it gets down to the last day of the, the event. And we get all the way down to the end. And I just remember thinking, like, dude, I gotta make an impression on this guy before I leave. You know, so like we waited in the line, Melissa and I, and um, and to get up there, you know, on the stage and talk to you at the end. And like, I just I just didn't want you to forget me. Like I wanted you to know, like, I want in. Like I want to be a part of this. And uh, you know, it's not like not like I was trying to impress you or anything. I just wanted you to know, like I wanted this, like I want this, I want to be in, and you know, if nothing else, like at least you know that. You know what I mean? It's your decision to make, and I and I respect it, but like I want in, and and so you know, we talked to you and we left, and you're like, you know, I'll get with you. Um, and, you know, I'll get with you when we get back and, and we'll talk and we'll figure things out. So this is like, you know, October and then, um, you know, a couple weeks go by and I haven't heard anything. And then a couple more go by and I'm like, all right, we're not getting in. But I'm like, that's OK. You know, like it, we'll we'll find a way, you know, we'll, we'll take a different path. And, and then a couple more weeks go by and I get this text. and It's like, hey, do you still want in? And I'm like you got to be kidding me. I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I want in. And, uh, and you're like, all right, man, you know, you're in. And, and I was just like, so fired up, so fired up, you know? And, uh, cause I just knew like, um, I was like, I'm getting another shot. This, this is another big shot. And, I'm not throwing away this shot. You know, I want to make the I want to make the most of this. And so, you know, we came into the group, man, and just just everything changed. You know, I remember somebody saying one time, if you want to be a millionaire, the best, the fastest way to get there is to hang out with billionaires. It's just that, you know, get around people that are on the higher level than you and and just be a sponge and, and just soak it up, you know? And so um, I'm like, man, this is my opportunity to do this. Like, I've never, 
I didn't really know anybody that was doing what I wanted to be doing. I started having this vision that, man, we could take this thing to new heights. You know, we could take, we could flip 15, 20 houses a year. Maybe we could flip 30 houses a year. You know, who knows? But I didn't know anybody that was doing that. So we get in that room of like all these people that are, that are doing it, you know? And I was like, I just, I gotta be in here. And uh, from there, we just, we got into this, to our next, like I would, I would call explosive growth season. It took a minute for me to really like find my, find my footing. Like one of the first things I experienced is kind of some of that, some of those old demons coming back, you know, some of those old voices of like, hey, you're not, you're not like these people, you know, that they're, they're different. They're different. You know, these, these guys are smarter than you. You know, these, these girls, like they've, they've got it figured out. You don't just kind of this, like, you don't belong kind of thing. Like you're not good enough. And I started believing that for a minute. I started like comparing myself and thinking like, cause like I came in thinking, I'm like, dude, I flipped six houses, you know, I'm the man. And then I get in here and it's like, this guy's like, yeah, I flipped a hundred last year. And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, and so I start doing this comparing thing. It took me a while to work through that and really just find my footing, but then I just got back to that same place of like, dude, everything in my past has prepared me for this and I can use that, I can leverage that. Like if I can go through everything that I've been through, then I can, I can do this too. And, and so I really just started shifting my, my mindset again and started shifting my beliefs again. And, and then we just started taking off. And, um, you know, we took our business from that six flips to 12 flips to 20 flips to 30 to 40 flips a year. And um, you know, it's kind of about the pace we're at now. It's about like that 40, 40-ish flips a year. And, um, you know, I started out doing it solo. We've got a team of 10 now. Um, just hired a, a COO about 10 months ago to come in and start, you know, helping run like our day-to-day -day operations. And uh, it's been really cool. Just been like growing a ton, um, you know, as a leader, realizing that like, you know, it's, it's just not all about me again. You know, this business is not all about me. It's not all just about my family either. It's about these people that work for me. It's about their families, you know, and, and, and I started just kind of letting go of some of my control issues and, and started letting other people, you know, take over things that maybe they could be better at, or maybe, you know, they could be almost as good at whatever. Just, I started just like, letting go more and, and trusting other people more and started working to try and like build and develop other people. And, and, and that's kind of where we're at now is, is just trying to like develop and grow leaders. And, and, you know, like, like this house, you know, that we're in right now, you know, this is actually my first time seeing it with all the furniture and everything, you know, we've got a team that does all this stuff and it's, it's amazing, you know, what you can accomplish when you don't care who gets the credit. Like, I don't need to get the credit anymore you know like i want i want these guys to win i want my team to win and and i want everybody around me to win and that's that's all stuff that i learned a lot just in 7ff from just being around like the right people those right like high level leaders who just people who who weren't just all about themselves you know and uh and so that's uh that's kind of where we're at now how long have you been in the group and why did you stay that long? That's a good question. Um, well, I remember in the beginning, 
when you let me in, I told you, I'm like, I'm never leaving. You're going to have to kick me out. And so uh, I mean that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you will have to kick me out at some point if, if I, I'm not going to leave. Um, but I think it's just the relationships, you know. That's, that's really what it's all about. I've gotten a ton out of, the, out of the events, out of the trainings, out of the teachings, but it's, it's the relationships that have meant the most to me. And uh, I've made like, I have friends from this group that like are gonna be friends for life, you know? And um, so I really think that's, that's been probably the biggest thing that's helped me in, it's just those relationships. How long have you been in the group? Uh, we've been in the group five years now. Um. Do you want anything else from the beginning till now? I think I'm good. I got a couple more things. Joseph drew their the drew their had their baby three days ago. He just had a picture. So you've had some personal things going on with your son yeah, and your family yeah. and stuff like that. If you're open to it, yeah, you wouldn't mind talking about that and maybe like how like. After just going into that a little bit, maybe like how is your business, the way your business is set up now yeah. is allowing you to you know, be there. Yeah. Because before, before you start, like, mm -hmm. dude, uh, Rob, I'll probably cry at this point. So my, um, when I was living here yeah, and I was flying airplanes, we found out that James had needed surgery. I was, I had a business that was making good money. Yeah. I had a team that I wasn't sure was capable of running things without me, mm -hmm. but I knew that I, for probably six months, I needed to move to Nashville. And like we weren't in Chattanooga or, or Nashville or anywhere else, we were just, that's cool of it. And I was able to buy a house, pay cash, find it on the internet, make an offer, pay cash, move in seven days, pack up my all my stuff, all the military training I've had moving here. Seven days, move, move into the house, and be there. And the team was running things here. And like I had the knowledge, I had the money, I had the experience, I had all the things. Like God had totally prepared me for what I needed to do. And it took like all that. So as I'm listening to your story, I'm like, holy crap! Like you were prepared yeah. for this. And so it's just like. I believe that that's true. Yeah. Um, because had any of that stuff happened to me before, I wouldn't have known what to do. Like, I had to move 18 times before I could move to a 19th time. Yeah. I had to have a business that was kicking out a million dollars to be able to do this. Like, I, so maybe a little of that because there's yeah. probably somebody in the audience who's going through something hard right now and doesn't know that they're prepared for it or aren't really prepared for it or have already been prepared for it and they can handle it. So I'm sure, I still don't think I wanted to or should have had to handle it, but like, you're in the thick of it right now. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> your whole life is prepared for this. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I believe that. And um, so, yeah, just that idea of like, 
everything in your past has prepared you, you know, for where you are in your present. It's easy to say that, you know, but like once you've seen that like come to fruition, you know, over and over, you know, life is, is meant to be lived forwards, but it can only be understood backwards. And so you look back and you can connect those dots and you can see, wow, look how everything lined up. Look how everything prepared me for this. And so, you know, I don't know what the, the future holds, but I know that if everything, you know, has lined up like this to this point, then I can trust that it's going to line up, you know, again in the future. Right. So, um, man, going back to we, we joined 7FF and for the first time I get this idea you know, I, I had no concept of like a COO or no concept of this idea that like you could have people running your business and you not be there all the time, all the time. Like I was, that was a foreign concept to me as far as, you know, especially in the, in the house flipping business. So 7FF gave me this, gave me this vision of like, oh, wow, I could, I could get to a place where like I could work remotely. And so we started we started planning for this. We started planning this big summer RV trip. I wanted to do a whole year. I wanted to pull the kids out and homeschool for a year. And was like, I can't do, I cannot be in an RV with you for a year. And I was like, that's understandable. So, so we settled on a summer and we start thinking, I'm like, how do we do that? How do we get to where, you know, I could be gone for a summer. And so this is like 2019, we start thinking about this. In 2019, we start thinking, okay, we need to start like getting our business to where like we could work remotely. You know, but how do we do that? Well, we don't really know just yet. So we waited and then COVID hits, you know, and COVID's like for a lot of people, that whole pandemic time was really tough. I mean, it was tough for our business. It was scary, right? COVID hits and it forces everyone to go remote. It forces us to have a remote business. We all start working from home all of a sudden. And at first I'm like, oh man, this is, this is weird. And then I'm like, wait a second. Isn't this what I wanted? Isn't this what I wanted? I wanted to find a way to have this remote business. And so this next hardship, COVID, forced us into that place. And so it's, uh, you know, that's like this theme I see in my life of these, like, these difficulties forced me to grow. And if it weren't for those difficulties, I wouldn't have grown. I wouldn't have, you know, if I didn't face those challenges, I wouldn't be the person that I am now. So, so you, you start to, over time, you, you start to see these challenges. You know, it's easier to see it looking back. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but over time, you start to see these challenges in the present. And you can recognize, hey, this is a growth opportunity here. Like this, this is an opportunity for something good here. And so we learned during that, that 2020 period, you know, how to start running our company more remote. And so we, we started building, we started hiring people, you know, that worked from home and that sort of thing. And so we worked through that period and then fast forward, you know, we're working towards, um, you know, trying to get uh, more time freedom, more financial freedom, uh, and then, uh, and, and, and everything seems to be just going, going great. We're on a, a little family vacation at the end of the summer, 2021. And, uh, and then all of a sudden my, my son starts acting funny. My youngest son, he's six years old at the time. He starts, he starts walking funny. He starts talking funny and, and we're like, man, what's, what's going on here? You know? And, and so, uh, we go to bed that night, we get up the next day and he's fine. 
Like, okay, well, that was kind of weird. And then that afternoon, it starts again. He starts, he starts walking funny, talking funny again. We're like, something's not right here. What's going on? We check his temperature. We're, you know, he, he had been sick. You know, maybe that's it. But we're like, man, this is weird. We go to bed. We, uh, so we, we go to bed that night. We get up again the next day. He's fine again. And then it hits again around lunchtime. And we're like, we got to go. So we, we call the doctor and they're like, you guys need to get to an emergency room. And so we're in Georgia at the time. So we decided, we're like, hey, we, we think we can get home. So we drove home to Pensacola. We're in the ER and we're like, hey, something's not right. You know, and they're like, we don't know what's going on. Like, we have no idea. And, uh, and they're like, our, our suggestion would be you guys go to Shands in, in Gainesville. And uh, so we, we worked to try to get a referral over there. And we spend like, you know, not too long, about 36 hours trying to like, hey, we need to get there like soon and just back and forth. And we, we couldn't get anywhere. Finally, I was like, I'm just going. We're, we're just going to show up, you know, pack a suitcase. We're going. And I remember showing, and this is during the COVID time, so it's like they only let one parent in there. Me and him show up with a suitcase, and I'm like, I'm not leaving until I got some answers. Like something's not right. I need to know like what's going on with my kid. And and so um, we were there all day, all day, and finally, finally had a breakthrough. Like after talking to like a half dozen different doctors, running all sorts of tests, they come back and they're like, we think we know what's going on. And and so. That was the day, uh, August 6, 2021. Um, Jace got diagnosed with myasthenia gravis. It's a, it's a neuromuscular uh, disease that, that affects really just kind of like the, the muscle function uh, in the body. It's got like intermittent, um, you know, intermittent symptoms that come and go. And that kind of explains why we were seeing that. Like he'd wake up in the morning, everything was fine. And then he wasn't, and it was back and forth. And so, um, so anyway, uh, and that, it just rocked our world, man. Every, everything changed. Everything got turned upside down. You know, um, our kids were just perfectly healthy up to that point. And, um, and so we, uh, then we begin, you know, going down this path of, of, uh, you know, medical treatments and they tell us, you know, hey, let's get them on this medicine first and then let's start doing these infusions. And the best thing would be to have the surgery. And, and so we start getting all these things lined up. And, um, and, you know, at the time, like we're just there's so much uncertainty. We have no idea, you know, what what all. We just don't really know what to expect. We, it's, this is all new to us and, and we're in a, a bit of shock, too, you know, and um, and so we just start working through that. Um, so yeah, through that, I'm like, I'm, I'm forced to pull away from the business. You know, I'm forced to, to step out some because I've gotta be there. I've gotta be there with my family. And, you know, thankfully at that point, we had a team. You know, we had started working more remotely. We had started, you know, um, delegating more things and hiring more people. So I had, I had this ability at that time, you know, to be with him and, um, so we had some hope at that time. We're like, hey, if we can just do these things, you know, we could be looking at in the next six months or so, you know, maybe 12 months, he could be in remission, he could be better. And uh, you know, unfortunately, he just kept getting worse. It just kept getting worse. And, and so uh, we just kept going through treatments. We did the surgery um, and, you know, 
just no results. And so it's, uh, it's this tough place to be of like, you know, I'm putting in the work and I'm not getting the results, you know, um, but just, just kept coming back to that place of like, you know, I know, I know everything has prepared us for this moment. I know that, you know, if we keep putting in the work, like the results will come. If we keep putting in the, in the work, the results will come. And so I just kept just kind of clinging to that man and just trusting God that like he had a plan, he was working it out. And, you know, for a little while we start feeling sorry for ourselves. You know, we start, um, you know, self-pity kind of thing. We start having that, you know, those voices in your head, you know, kind of thing starts coming back. And I'm just like, no, we can't, we can't, we just can't allow that. And so I felt I, I had to step up from my family and, and just be the one to, to just bear that load, you know? And so, so that's what I did, man. And, and, and I, cause I just knew, I knew that like, um, this was bigger than us. I started, I started thinking like, you know, it's like, uh, you know, Aaron Hale, right. You know, Aaron, he, he says something that really resonates with me instead of why is this happening to me? Why is this happening for me? And why is this happening for me, for them? You know, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than us. And so really just started focusing on that. Like, why are all these things happening? There is a plan for this. There is a purpose for this. Like God is shaping us into something. He's trying to do something through this that we can't see. And I don't want to miss it. I, I just don't want to miss it. You know, because I'm I'm self-absorbed or just worrying about me, and 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 so, you know, I went through this period of like I had to step out of the business, and I, I gave up more control than I wanted to, faster than I wanted to, because I had to, you know. So it was an, another one of those things where it's like, you know, a tough time forces you to grow. It forces you to grow, and so um, so that's that's kind of that season we went through with that, and. Uh, you know, what we, we hoped was going to be, you know, a six month thing or a 12 month thing, you know, turned into 18 months and now 24 months. And, you know, unfortunately it's still, it's just, it's only gotten worse. Um, but you know, over time, um, over time, it's, it's going to get better. It's going to get better. I believe that. Um, but in the meantime, you know, I started to see like, hey, um, I'm going to need more help. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need more help because when I'm out, yeah, the people can run acquisitions. Yeah, they can flip houses, but they don't have the leadership that they need because I'm absent. And so um, so I ended up hiring a COO. And, and I'm also we're still we're still planning for our big RV trip. I'm not I'm not letting go of that. I'm like, dude, we're we're doing this, you know, like we're taking this summer off, it's happening. And so I'm going to need some help. And, and I want to make sure my team had the, the people that they needed, you know, the, the person that they needed to lead and guide. And so back in uh, November, right after uh, Flip Hacking Live, uh, hired that guy and, and brought him in, spent uh, six months just onboarding him, bringing him up to speed. And I told him, you know, in the beginning, I'm like, hey, I got, I got one condition of bringing you on. You have to be 100% ready to go by May because I'm going to be gone all summer because we we've had this on the calendar i've been talking to the kids about it forever like we're doing it i can't i can't let them down 
you know? And so, um, am I answering your question? I don't remember. Um, so yeah, we just started working towards that summer of like me being, me being gone and, um, and just, just relying on, on my team to run everything while, while I was gone. And, um, it's been a really, a really cool experience, been a humbling experience, like growing these people up and, and just trying to get to that next level of my journey of like getting to a place where I'm not just like building followers and not just building employees, but like I'm building leaders. I'm trying to build leaders within our team, you know, people who have the same values, you know, who have the same work ethic and integrity and, and, and treat it like I would treat it, you know, treat our business like I would treat it and been working to just try and build those right people. And, um, So yeah, if it wasn't for all that, if, I, if it wasn't for everything I'd been through, we wouldn't have that team and I wouldn't be able to take a summer off. And, um, you know, there's the old saying, like, tell God your plans and, and he laughs, you know? So I had these plans for this summer. Like I just knew there was something to it. There's something to this summer. It's going to be big. I've, uh, I don't want to say always, but for, for a long time, I've just had this, this vision, you know, um, my, my name is, uh, it's important to me. And, uh, my, my boys are, are the last two, you know, they're the last generation with my name. There's nobody else with my same last name left in our family. And, uh, and so, so the family tree runs through us. And so it's like, it's a, it's a big, it's a responsibility, you know, of mine. It's a, it's an opportunity of mine to change my family tree. It's, it's my duty, you know, and that, that goes through them, you know? And so, um, for some reason, this, this summer felt like it was like a big part of that. You know, like a big part of that, that shaping of the tree, me changing my family tree. And I've just had this vision for years now of like, not just changing the next generation, but changing the next 10, changing the next 10 generations. Dang it. <clears throat> changing the next 10 generations of my family, you know, through my choices, through my actions, through the things that I was willing to take on, not for me, but for them, and you know, I'm trying to grow to a point where it's like the the things that I've done make an impact. You know, with people I've never met in places I've never been, with time that I've never lived in. That's that's the goal that I have. Like, I wanna I wanna leave an impact like that. You know, not just the people that I meet, like I, I want to impact them, not just the people, you know, that work for me, like I, I want to impact them, but like I want to, I want to have an impact that, that's so big that it's felt with people I've never met and places I've never been and times that I've never lived in. That's the kind of impact that I want to leave. And I know I can only do that, like through other people, you know? Uh, and especially like through my kids, those two. And so 
that's what this summer was about, you know, to me. Um, but, but it was a lot different than what, what I thought it was going to be. So, you know, Jace's health had declined. So we had to, we had to make some changes to our plans. We decided like we didn't have, uh, we couldn't just plan a whole summer, you know, and we couldn't, we couldn't do a, a, a whole, you know, a whole summer in the RV. Uh, we had to, we had to pivot a little bit because some things changed and we decided, you know, really the, the most we could plan for now would be about a couple of weeks. And, and so we planned out 17 days. We bought this cool van and, and we decided to, uh, you know, to tour America. We went up to, uh, up to Canada, over to Maine and worked our way back down the East coast and just got to spend 17 days just, uh, just living, you know, and, and spending quality time with those guys and with my wife. And, uh, the last day we had a doctor's appointment and, uh, we stopped off in Gainesville to see his doctor and, and get some blood work done and get, get him checked up on. And, you know, um, we just kind of had this realization at that point, like, she's like, guys, this is, this is not good. Like he's, he's significantly worse than the last time I saw him. And, and we got some blood tests back later on that showed like his antibody levels were like the highest they'd ever been. And it's just not good. And so, uh, so we went home, you know, just not really knowing, you know, what to do or where to go from there. But I was like, I know this summer is set aside for something like, maybe this is just what we got to be focusing on right now. We just need to go all in on, on this right now. And so like, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm lining up more doctors and I'm lining up more, you know, visits to different places to try and figure out like, what can we do with this? And, uh, and then, um, man, he just started declining like pretty quick. He got sick. And, uh, next thing you know, like we had to call 911, they come in, um, Gosh, dude, I remember just pulling in to two fire trucks and, uh, you know, a dozen people in my living room and, uh, man, they saved his life and, and, um, took him, you know, to the ER in Pensacola. They life flighted him over to Gainesville. Uh, we met them over there and then, um, you know, we ended up spending 25 days over there in the hospital, just getting treatments done. We had another surgery done. Um, you know, just trying to get him better. And I never, for those 25 days, I never left that, that place. I, I never had to, you know, and I just wanted to be there, um, to be there with him. And, you know, thank God I was able to do that. Like for the first time in my life, I had that opportunity. Like I could be there with him and not be worried about how do I pay my bills? You know, how do we keep the lights on? How do we keep the business running? And so, you know, I, I could have taken a break. I could have left, but I just wanted to be there. I just wanted to be there with him. I wanted him to know that, like, 
that, that he wasn't alone, that I would do anything for him, you know? But um, I, just, I wouldn't have had that opportunity, you know, if it wasn't for everything that we had been through, for everything that we had been through that led us to that place. And so, so I just knew, like in that moment, it was, uh, gosh. Man, it's crazy because it was like one of the hardest things that I've been through in my life. But it was like, it was this time where I just had like so much peace because I knew, I knew, man, that like this was just all part of a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. And I was like, I'm not going to let myself get, get sucked into this, this self-absorption again. I'm not going to let myself get sucked in, you know, to making this all about me again. Uh, it's not all about me. And so, so that's just what I started focusing on. You know, I was, I was scared. I was worried. I, I didn't know what to do, you know, but, but I knew that there was a plan and I knew that there was a purpose for it. And so I just focused on that and I, I just started started focusing on the fact that, hey, not why is this happening to me, but why is this happening for me? Why is this happening for me, for them? And not just my family, but I'm like, who else is going through storms? You know, who else is dealing with difficulty? How can I help them? Maybe there's people dealing with something right now way harder. Maybe it's something, you know, they're facing that's like, maybe it's not that bad, but maybe they just haven't been through what I've been through, you know, so they don't know how to handle it. So I'm like, man, maybe, maybe I could turn this around. Maybe I could use this, you know, as a platform to just impact people. And so we, you know, I've been posting and updating people about Jace and, and I, I noticed, man, like how many people are responding and how many people are tuning in. And it's just like this voice, it's like, that's an opportunity for you, you know? That's an opportunity for you to step up and, and serve them and impact them. And so I just started just trying to just take that, shift my focus from, from inward to outward. Like, how do I use this? you know, to help other people. And so I just started like talking a lot and just writing a lot about everything we were going through and experiencing and just trying to use that as a way to just help somebody, to just serve somebody, to just impact somebody. And uh, dude, that's really what got me through it. It's just like, this is not all about me, you know? This is, this is way bigger than me. And it's, and it's way bigger, you know, than us. It's way bigger than just our family. Um, you know, it's easy to say, like, our, our mission statement, our comp company mission statement is to impact the world through real estate. And it's easy to say that, you know? It's easy to talk that, but what does that actually look like? You know, I said, I want to impact people in places I've never been, you know, people I've never met, with time I've never spent. Well, what does that look like? I'm like, maybe this is what it looks like. You know, maybe I can do that right here, right now. I'm stuck in this, I'm stuck in this hospital, you know, but I got a phone, you know, I've got an outlet, like, that's all I got is this iPhone, <laughs> you know, but what can I do with it? And so I just started focusing on that, man. And that's, that's just what carried us through. And, um, and that's still just kind of where we find ourselves today, man. It's like, 
and, and, it, and it's tough. We, we got back, uh, we got back home and, and we're thinking, man, hope, hopefully, and that's what we just kept telling ourselves. Hopefully all this work we're putting in, you know, all this work we're putting in, it's going to get us results. It's going to get us results. It's coming. You know, we did these procedures. We did this surgery. It's coming. And, uh, and then we find out, you know, that the, uh, the treatments that we did, you know, just didn't, didn't work like they had hoped. The surgery that we did, uh, it was a bust. It was a, a swing and a miss. And it's like, boom. Okay. Okay. So, you know, two, three days of like, dang it, man. What now? You know, what now? Where do we go now? And it's like, same thing as always. Same thing as always. Just like, we just got to keep moving forward. You know, we just got to keep moving forward. What's the next step that we can take? What's that next step that we can take? You know, we have opportunities in front of us still. That's a good place to be. I have opportunities in front of me. I didn't have those at times in my life. I've got opportunities in front of me. That's a good place to be. I want to make the most of this shot. So what do we do? Get back to work. We start calling doctors. We start, you know, getting more, more things lined up start researching, start learning more and more, digging deeper and deeper. Let's get outside of the box, you know, what can we do? And, um, and, you know, I saw too, I got to see too, just how much my team stepped up when I was gone, how much they, you know, they cared while I was gone and, and realizing like, man, I, I, I need to just keep pouring into them. I need to keep pouring into them. And, um, so I've been just focusing a ton on that lately, you know, just, just trying to build them up because it's a good chance I might have to check out again, you know. Um, we're going back to the hospital next week and, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know what what's next for us. And honestly, the thing that, that I would say for me, for me, Take your shot. You've got opportunities in front of you. Take your shot. Make the most of it. Do something. Let my story, let Jace's story impact you. Take that and do something with it. Go and make a difference in your world, in your town. You go impact the world. Use that as your motivation. I remember sitting down with Jace in the, uh, in the hospital and telling him, hey, uh, there's a suggestion you have another surgery. And we talked to him about this, and this surgery is different than the last one. You're familiar with this type of surgery. This time it's, uh, it's a full sternotomy, open chest. And... Um, it's a, it's a gruesome surgery, man. And I'm like, I can't make you do this, you know? Like, it's your body, man. It's your life. Like, I don't want to make you do this. But this is what they're suggesting. This, this is what they think can get you better. So what do you think? And like, 
without hesitation. He's like, I'll do it. And I'm like, well, I've been, I prepared for this conversation for like a few hours. I'm crying, I'm rehearsing it. I ask everybody to leave so I can sit down with them. You know, mom, everybody, so I, I want to sit down and have this father-son talk. And he's like, I'll do it. I'll do the surgery. And I'm like, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, I'll do it. And I was like, why? And he goes, because this sucks. And I was just like, so proud of him in that moment because, you know, pain is like, pain's a great motivator, you know? And he's, he's able to just see that, like, I'm willing to take a shot. I'm willing to do something about this. It's not going to be easy, you know? It's not what I want to do, but, like, if I got a shot, I'll take it. I'll do it because this sucks, and I want something different. I want something more. And um, that's what I want to see. I want to see people make the most of what's in front of them. I want to see people use what's in their past, use what challenges they're going through right now, use what difficulties they're going through right now, use that, you know, that, that dark and, and checkered past. Look at me, you know? Like, if anybody could do, if anybody could do this, you know? Like, if I can do this, anybody can do this. Look at what we've been through and, and just realize what you're capable of. After a show like that, I think the only thing that I can do is give an encouragement for prayers for Jansen, his family, his wife, their kids, and, and everything that's going to be going on with Jason in the future. So depending on when you listen to this, I have no idea where he'll be in his journey, but hopefully he's in recovery. The family's doing amazing. But right now, I would love for you guys to pray for Jansen McLendon and his family and his son, Jace, and everything that they're going through. I've been through a lot with my son, James, and I know how hard it can be. So I know that it would mean a ton to them if you guys would say a few prayers for them. And as always, I would love to see you inside of our investing community, whether that's runway or altitude, and spend time with people just like Jansen that are just pushing and pushing and pushing to build an amazing life, build a better business, and everything that comes along with it. And if you're going through something hard right now, there's a community out there that can help you. I would love to invite you into ours. And all of those, all that information is at sevenfigureflipper.com. Have a great day. I'll see you on the next show.